Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of SaaS Marketing Makeover. Very excited to be with you today, and we have a very big guest, um, Mr. Michael Shearer. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Garrett. Yeah, Senior Director, Digital Strategy Innovation at Clairvine, uh, and happens to focus a lot on content marketing. Is that correct? Uh, that's very true. Yes. I love it. I love it, man. Well, that's something I definitely want to get better at myself, so very excited to kind of learn from your insights today. Now, for everyone tuning in for the first time or if you're a repeat visitor, uh, we are going to spin the wheel. I don't know who's on the wheel, let alone who the wheel is going to land on. Neither is Michael. And then we're going to build a go-to-market strategy in 30 minutes and then come up with three takeaways that we would implement if we were CMO of the company that was selected in the first quarter of working there. So three big kind of rocks. Now, as always, we're going to try to take – we're going to have to critique a little bit, but we're going to try to put that in a positive light. Uh, because every one of us, myself included, has plenty of gaps in their own strategy, and getting a second opinion always helps. So with that being said, are you ready to dive in, Michael? I'm ready. I'm All right, let's spin the wheel, Brian. Let's do it. Calibro with four L's? Oh, I don't know that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think it's that. Zuara. Okay. Have you heard All of that right. before? The name's not familiar, but I could not tell you what category they're in. By any I means. heard the name too, and I can't tell you what category they're in. So, well, there's one of our first learnings. Going to Google. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it was. Okay, they compete with like Charge B, Stripe, and the rest of those. Have you noticed this weird thing where like Google trips out? Did you see that? No, I missed it. I was, I was okay. doing my own competitive research real quick <laughs> on another screen. I, sorry, I got to stay focused here. <laughs> okay, so power your subscription business from order to revenue. Um, I think that's pretty clear, actually, from a positioning standpoint. I'm actually really happy about that. Hey, Directive Consulting, need help finding anything? Brian, take no, baby. Here's a nice little merge tag they're using with like a clear bit reveal product. Um, are you interested in getting access to top growth strategies for current revenue businesses? We have a few videos you might be interested in. It's actually pretty clever. What do you think about, you're a content guy, Michael. What do you think about getting someone into a video first? Do you like leading with a video, written content, visual content? How do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I think that a combo is really probably the most effective. You know, an article with a supporting video, I think that's a good combo because then it it leads content, leads them to how they like to be educated. Okay. Gives them options. I don't know that I'm a huge fan of the instant beep as soon as I get on the site, but yeah. Maybe a little bit of time. Give me a chance to actually review. Yeah, process. Review a little bit of the content before it beeps at me a couple times. 100%. Now, I do like some of the things they're doing right off the bat. Like watch a demo is one of my favorite call to actions with our SaaS companies. It does exceptionally well because instead of request a demo, which theoretically creates zero value for the person giving you personal information in real time, watch a demo creates essentially a psychological hook to the value you're going to receive if you give them information. Yeah, instant, instant yeah. gratification. So I like this. This is pretty clean. They got some good stuff here, social proof. Let's go back to that homepage though. So report. This looks like a pretty good report, right? Subscription economy index. They took the time to trademark that. I've never trademarked a report. So I would argue this is probably a big part of their content strategy, probably the anchor point. Yeah, I mean, are, are they, I'm curious if they are just surveying their customers or if they went and commissioned this to other leaders, does it say? Let's see. 
Up-to-date subscription company growth first S&P 500 and other world indices. Industry and region specific. So it's showing like U.S. retail sales. Would you gate this? Is it gated? I mean, yeah. Gate, it is, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's at read it now, download now. What I imagine is that they're giving away the entire house here for this one. That's why they're gating it. And then they probably use bits and pieces of it in ungated fashion. So you would do that, essentially what you're saying. You would take a core piece of content and then you would essentially create micro pieces, distribute those freely, and then still anchor it back to the core piece if you generated interest or value? Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Now, when we go back, so essentially watch demo, explore our products, and we also have talked to sales. I love the dual call to action. Um, let's see what Explorer products does. Is subscription economy, like is this a, are they coining this? It seems like with the trademark of the report, maybe they're coining that term as well. I'm trying to figure that out too, because that's what I'm thinking Vision was. So you see, like the the oh, subscription, yeah, they lead with it right there. But they don't necessarily have the uh, boldness to call themselves like. Let me think, like what I would call this. I'm, I, yeah, I'm starting to wonder: Are they coining a term, or are they creating a category? And it seems like in the beginning. They're just lumping themselves into a subscription software. I think they did what we all did pre-category creation and haven't pivoted, which is like we had this really cool thing that we called the subscription economy. And then we also mm -hmm. had and, and but the subscription economy isn't a category. It's a concept, I think. Right. And so yeah. that's why it doesn't translate. That's why I couldn't turn that into a category. So we would have to come up with something like, uh, you know, revenue analytics or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wonder if we can go back to the homepage and just, I want to re now with fresh eyes on this. So just subscription. Yeah. Billing revenue collect. Central for platform. me, I guess if you keep scrolling down, what I'm wondering is integrations like, is Zura its own standalone solution? Is this a Shopify extension? Like where does it play in the rest of a customer's technology stack? Yeah, so what I understand about these companies like Chargebee and them and Zora and stuff is they actually function as a Stripe competitor as the actual processing solution. I and I think they have the full dev stuff. I don't think that they're like, it's not like ProfitWell, right? ProfitWell is an API, it's Stripe analytics, right? This okay. is, I think, from what I've understood historically, now I haven't looked at them ever before, to be honest. Like, but I understood them as an end-to-end -end solution. So, like, let's say Zora Billing, they would actually have the there it is. yeah, monetize anyway, or rapidly design and iterate. Where's their pricing though? Shouldn't they have pricing? Right. So, like, let's just say at the end of the day, they could be with Stripe, right? At the end of the day, that's just the truth, right? So, if we go to pricing here. This makes sense because payment processing, right? So it's 2.9 plus 30. Yeah, transactional. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And see, if I you go back up here, if you go back up here, they do define their category, I think. So we they claim to be the category of SaaS billing solutions right there. It's such a crappy category name, unfortunately. 
because it's more of an explanation. It's more of like a it's more of like an industry category than it is a category. If that makes like, do you get what I'm saying by that? Like, Drift didn't create chatbots; they created conversational marketing. And this is kind of like yeah. saying that they created chatbots. And it's uh, I'm trying to be easy on the. It's generic. It's like SaaS and solutions. Like those are. Little That's all I'm trying to say. Like yeah. they actually did a really good job with all of this stuff, and I actually really like it. I think they let themselves down on what they're calling their categories. More my point. Yeah, I mean they're yeah they're running the they're running the right playbook. I think there's just maybe some some well, messaging that could be improved. Well, yeah. So if I think about category creation and messaging, I would want to tie it to an output, not an input. So what? In other words, because you use Zora for your SaaS billing solution. What does that help you accomplish? And then that output we could create as our category. Right. Right. So like we're doing this for directive and we're creating our category and it's called customer generation. And the tagline is delivering on the promise that demand gen forgot about. See yeah. that to me, it has a category creation and differentiation. And I can appeal to it in all my messaging. I don't know how I would appeal to SaaS billing solutions in messaging. I'm thinking like recurring revenue platform or something they, that because recurring like recurring revenue is I think impactful. Somebody's going to gravitate yeah. towards that idea. I mean that's what you know all businesses. I mean people report on on their MRR, their ARR. That recurring revenue is such a core function of right. So they monetize theirs to revenue acceleration. So I hear exactly okay. what you're saying. So you got revenue acceleration, and then you got let's say Gong who is playing essentially revenue intelligence. So like, see how it's still not like revenue management or re recurring revenue, it's appealing. So it's like recurring and then what's the word instead of revenue, right? Maybe the category is recurring value. You see what I'm saying? Here's how we has, yeah. has helped establish SaaS businesses with recurring value instead of just recurring revenue and why recurring value is better than, you see what I mean? You have to take a pre-held thing and then show why your new thing is everything the other thing didn't deliver on. Yeah. And that's when you create that demand for the category. Uh, I yes, struggle with it. I struggle with the idea of billing too, because billing doesn't seem recurring. It seems one off, right? Billing or yeah. Like you're, you're asking somebody to come in and pay versus a recurring revenue is, is like, it's automatic. It's going to happen. So I'm just, I'm missing the, the connection there. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's probably like a cat. It's more like just, I think that's where this revenue piece comes in. Oh, yeah. This would be leading revenue automation solution for it. Wow, that's a pretty niche. Oh, this is a whole separate website we're now on. So this is like, yeah. an, they must have acquired RevPro and then they're, they're integrating it right now. So I don't want to judge them for that. That's tough. Yeah, that's At least that's what I'm guessing. Looks like that's what that is. Um, okay, so let's say content. You like content, right? So let's yeah. think information architecture. What are you wanting to see maybe that you're not seeing here when it comes to – so they have vision, which looks like high-level opinions. Yeah, okay. thought, thought leadership kind of cementing themselves as experts in this new category, the category they're defining. Yeah, right. right. At the end of the day, it's like this is what they're doing, right? They're just like, why Zora? Right? That's kind of like the very stereotypical way of saying that, right? And then you've got yeah. products. Okay. Yeah. Now, what I don't love that they're not doing here that like, I think like, here's an example that they could maybe do better. Cause like, if you look at work, they use them quite often, but if you go into products, see how they connect it to a suite. And even mm -hmm. in work days, I'd rather have the suite be at the top 
and so it ties all the products. I think uh, Drift does this well. When you get to revenue acceleration, they connect conversational marketing, conversational sales underneath it. So it really flows, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, it's almost like the platform is an afterthought in their navigation because if you hover over the products, correct. it seems like maybe billing revenue collect are part of the central. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm making an assumption. But yeah, like you said, that should be up top if that's like their flagship product. It's just an afterthought lost in that navigation. Oh, this is their dev solution, I think. And so okay. it's so it's safe. not. Yeah. All right. Interesting. I don't think it's like so we all disconnected the platform. It's a. It, this is to me. It looks like a SDK or something. You could build. See how you can build everything with it. Look, this is their developer product. I it see. looks like. So they have four disparate products. Maybe there's a, maybe there's an integration across them, but it seems like there's not a suite that you can buy into, buy them all. I don't know. It's not clear there. Yeah. Maybe it's called repeat revenue is the category or something. And then you tie everything to repeat revenue and why it's different than recurring or whatever. But then you, I would make the menu then. So like, see how it's like this, you might want to make it more, um, like I'm trying to do this here. I mean, that's not the perfect example, but I'll show you kind of what I mean. Like it might be more powerful to have it more like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. I call that a mega menu. I'm working yeah. on it. I'm working on it currently myself. Something that has more rich content and yeah. Yeah. Well, edu educates, educates without it having a click through actually. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly on right. So this is powered by a microservices architecture. Yeah. I think this is a dev first product. So okay. I think that's why you and I were confused there. Yep. Now, industry role, my favorite's use case. Where's my use cases, baby? Like, help me connect yeah. my outcomes, I think is what I want. What do you think? Do you like use case? Do you like industry and role? Uh, I like use case way better. Is it under, is it buried under resources, maybe? Not initially. Let me nope. see. I mean, I can do the old, like, let me put my own SEO hat on, like, back in the day when I used to do this all day. <laughs> I'm going in. Uh, common. It's all knowledge center. It's no. It's not in their primary information architecture, unfortunately. Hmm. So you see this here. This is kind of cool, right? Zor oh, but it's like this is not what I meant. No. Yeah. So. I think I mean, they're, they're, they're solving probably at least a half a dozen problems. I'm sure they, those use cases should be clearly called out. I mean, if I know we're jumping the gun a little bit to recommendations, but that seems, this seems like a no brainer. Like these, the specific problems they solve should be front and center. Yeah. And then you can tie that back to your category messaging. Right. Right. And then I do actually how the products, how the products lead to it. Well, yeah, no, 100%. I want to actually give some kudos here because I haven't seen anyone do persona or product line actually in one of these menus. In a, I don't know if ever. I think this is brilliant. I would love the metrics. Hopefully they have event tracking on that, sending it over to, to GA or elsewhere and seeing if people are actually using those filters. And not only that, but when you drop down persona, if there's a persona that that is selected more often than not, and then maybe having some dynamic content pop up because you know that yeah. a, CEO, a CEO was on the site. Oh, let's change the content because we know now who this persona is because they've, they've self-classified. 
Yeah, and you also want to make sure you do a good job of your tagging, right? Because it's not like CEOs are intrinsically obsessed with press releases, right? So yeah, that's true. I think we might need to follow through on our tagging, but I think conceptually it's brilliant. I think everything's unfortunately tagged wrong. But yeah, I've got, maybe there's a ranking system in their CMS where like deprioritize press releases and push other stuff up. Yeah, but it's a very cool concept that I like. And then, yeah, you do see yeah. that subscription economy index everywhere. Um, subscription, suspend, resume, impact on churn mitigation. Oh, that's actually a cool. See, like this kind of content is actually cool. Yeah. And it's not the kind of content that SEO tells you to write. And that's the, my biggest issue as an SEO guy with SEO is when you start your content research from keyword research instead of audience research and sales research. And this is something you start with from audience and sales research, not from keyword research, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm yep. looking at this churn just in another tool, looking at churn within their rankings. I mean, they're kind of dominating it in a, in a lot of different ways. Their guide, so they have a guide, measure subscriber churn. I'm not sure how mm. you would get to it. Yeah. Um, maybe buried, let's see, resources probably buried under one of these white papers or whatnot, but they have a guide that is probably one of those definitive guides that ranks yep. high, long form SEO content. So they're doing well there, but it's one of those things, churn mitigation, like that's them defining a problem they're solving and it's buried like that. And maybe five other topics should be brought up into the nav and, and really highlighted. I like what you're saying, and I agree. I think this is cool. I like when people do the get PDF. I think if they made it an email field and you could just click the button right there, they'd actually increase because they can enrich that on the back end with like a clear bit reveal, which I think they're already paying for because they knew I was directive consulting. So I would encourage them to make this just an email field so you can click get PDF and then you enrich it on the back end and then you can score it or do whatever you do with firmographics. Definitely. This is a good piece, though. Yeah, it gets tons of traffic. They could make it better, though. I'm not going to lie to you. I think, frankly, Patrick over at ProfitWell has better content than this on churn rate. Is there, a, besides the PDF, is there a call to action, like something, a gated piece that takes them deeper? Looks like maybe. They do. They have these like weird full-length ones, but they're kind of disruptive, and they kind of don't flow very well. I think they might want to rethink these inline CTAs because they feel almost like they feel weird. I've never yeah. seen it and see how they like kind of translate through, but don't have any value. I see this blank. Yeah, that's yeah. It's like, if you just went into it just so they know, like if you just deleted this right now, look, the post looks better. Seriously. Yep. Huh? What do you think about it? Tying content to events? Is that a weird connection? I've never thought about it, but now that they're doing it, I'm curious, like, can I get someone from reading about subscriber churn to signing up to my event? And is that the best? Like, imagine if you replace this with, just watch what would happen if you just did this. Because this is how I do it. I'm just curious why they wouldn't do something like this. Like, why not create a Slack group here where it's a natural one-to-one -one connection of where I'm at emotionally and in this moment compared to an event? I don't know. I'm just out of curious. What's your take around, like, content to event? I've never tried that before. You know, the only thing is it's a little bit of – it's generic. So it's not – this call to action isn't contextual to what the person is reading. So I think there's one, it's one step removed from where they, they need to be. Like maybe drive them to a specific event that's related to the topic of what they just read. And that event page also has other stuff available. Just it's, it needs more context. 
Yeah, because I don't know when the event is, for example, right? Yeah. Interesting. I just never seen anyone do that, actually. I really haven't seen, like, blog post to event recently. Let's go check out customers. I just want to kind of fully explore this content. This is dope. I would have led with this. You have the CFO of Box? Not all yeah. of us can get quotes from the CFO of Box. I'm not going to lie to you. That's a hell of a quote. If that, I know they, they threw up a couple logos there, but did they? We might have missed it. There was right here. Yeah. Okay, so we got Chief Digital Officer, which is a weird title for a building software, but okay, cool. Siemens, cool. There's the CFO, co-founder and CFO of Box. See, I think they're letting down their product right now with their positioning. Because I didn't get launch, automate, iterate, and analyze out of billing, revenue, and collect. Do you see what I'm saying? This is their output. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because here, like, this is the old – I don't know if you watched that. Someone wrote – I think it's a Len Rakiski or something like that. He was talking about how Qualtrics beat SurveyMonkey. And essentially this would be how Zora beat Stripe. I think is right here by selling solutions and not selling products. But notice in solutions, they don't have launch, automate, iterate. And like now I'm like, why am I not using Zora? Right. Um, until this point, I'm like, why would I use Zora over Stripe? Now I'm like, why am I not using Zora? This should live in that mega menu and them not to even have to navigate. Like move that up, have that. As soon as they hover over it, mm-hmm. they see customer testimonials for these four areas. Just, just move it up, make it, make it simple. And then this is our category. What is our category? Deli- What's the promise our category delivers on? We're going to help you launch, automate, iterate, and analyze your recurring revenue better than ever before. Yep. And now we have our, instead of vision, it's our category. And then within our category, we have a four column menu, launch, automate, iterate, analyze, and all our content that supports it, plus case studies. And we break it all up. That would be amazing. Yeah. I think vision, I mean, I understand what they're doing, but it seems to me that they're far along enough to where they don't need to anchor on continue to push this vision as like foundational moment, maybe move it just a little bit down the nav, move something like this. This is their found. I mean, this is their, you know, gold mine right here. Get somebody to, to look deeper, then explore the vision of where they came from and, and their, their thought leadership there. Well, you told me offline, you're going after enterprise. If you have this, you aren't going after enterprise. You are enterprise. Yeah. You got know what I'm saying? Like this, these, this, this is it. And the, like, think about the payment processing fees and the money of supporting, you know what I mean? Like, this is crazy. And I don't, I don't. So leader in subscription management. So did they coin subscription management? It says we currently, category, by the way, look at now watch, like watch, you put this up here instead of vision and you build it around watch like, yeah. And then put those four. Yep. And then underneath, right, we start to have a little fun with it. We talk about, what was it called? It was launch, right? Yeah, launch, analyze, iterate. There's one other. Uh, launch, automate, iterate, analyze. All this. We got the order messed up, whatever. They can kind of see it now. So now... Yeah. You have subscription management, launch, analyze, iterate, automate, transform your enterprise. And when I, they hover over each one of those things, throw that, throw that testimonial to the right of it. 
Well, that's why we do a mega menu, right? So we have a quote that's anchored on the far right, and then we have our four columns, and there's a full quote on the right, and we just tell our whole story right here. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what they should be. I, I mean, I think that that'd be the change that I would make. I'd hire us. I think it'd work. <laughs> they can hire you. <laughs> so let me see where we're out of time. We got five minutes left. Is there anything else you want to see before we get to recommendations? Um, no, let's let's go to recommendation. I mean, watch a demo. I mean, do you ever go in and actually click on the watch a demo and see what that? It's like. Yeah, I do a lot of the times. Um, I have a I have a slight gripe here. I wonder if there's a way to get me more value. I think it's really cool. Let me show you what I mean. I bought this product and I thought these guys crushed this. Let me show you what I mean. Cause I just went through this buying center and this was the coolest one because I was able to create internal buy-in before purchasing the product, which was my favorite thing. Let me see if I can find this. Uh, here it is product. See product video. Like watch this. So see how they have this right here. Overview, scheduling and interviewing reports and talent database. This was epic because I could share this link to my people ops team and they were like, oh my God, we need this. So I knew instantly when I bought it, I'd have their buy-in and I could get adoption. I, I thought this was ungated. Cool. So you didn't like, you appreciated that it was ungated. You knew you weren't going to get contacted enough product education up front for they can build a little trust. And if they see what they like, then they come back. Yeah. Watch how good it is. Watch. Look how quick the video is too. Interview. Higher measure. You'll get faster, easier, and better results with Lever. Just ask our 2,000 customers. At the very heart of our applicant tracking software is automation, streamlining, and an amazing experience for users and candidates. Kick off every search here in your very own talent database and hit the ground running with a list of qualified candidates. When it's time to schedule interviews, Lever helps you get everything done in minutes. Simply let candidates choose the best time for their one-on-ones and schedule complex panel interviews, all from one screen. Need to fill your pipeline with more quality talent? No problem. Lever Nurture helps you source with confidence today, so you can quickly create and automate personalized nurture campaigns that bring more candidates your- Just so you know, like all these features are freaking amazing. I'm already on Jazz HR before I switched to Lever, who's actually a ex-client of ours. And this product features, I don't have anything on their competitors. So it's like, literally, I show this to my recruiting team, they're like, you mean we can do outbound sequences like outreach.io? You mean we can navigate calendars? We can say, like, watch this. Like, you can even change who the sender is. And when all of this comes together, Lever Analytics helps you shift. Analytics is extra on all the other platforms. Like, they have such a value prop. My point is, I think Zora actually has that. And I would want those quick two-minute videos so that I could essentially sell internally the solution. I, I think it's the best sales process I went through by leveraging those videos. Yeah, that's that's a good call out. I mean, it would not hurt to have an explainer video right then and there for them to at least a little more social proof. Or well, they say it's on demand. Proof. You get what I'm saying? They say on-demand product demo. It's like dope. Oh, wait. Yeah. Right? And so I'm like, ah, like that's where I'm like, okay, that – because I went through that lever and it was a game changer. I sold myself. I hopped on with the AE. I was like – Here's my only questions I have left, and I want to see it in for real. And I signed the contract within 24 hours because I told myself on the product and I had a clear use case. 
Yeah, and those, I mean, just because it's, it was four videos, it matches with the four menu items that we just identified as well. Like if there was an explainer video for every one of those four elements, they've got the customer testimonial, the, the short two minute product explainer. Uh, I don't know how they wouldn't convert more demo requests right then and there. Well, and if the thing I love about doing this hypothesis that you and I are communicating is what it does to your close rate. Because it's so easy to be an AE and sell someone who's already sold. They just want the specifics. It's very different than trying to sell someone the value. And that's why I believe we need to push value in our marketing forward. We, we're gating value and then wondering why we have such crappy MQL to SQL rates. And right. it's because people aren't able to self-qualify themselves. So you increase your blended CAC exponentially because you have to increase the amount of inbound SDRs because you're not allowing the individual to qualify themselves because you put all the value behind the freaking form, which then triggers an SDR pre-value establishment. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just uh, they're a little early for the ask for watch a demo or just not enough um, value offer right then and there. But they have it. I mean, this is freaking insane. Like they have it. We just, oh man, this gets me so pumped when I see something like this. Cause I'm like, okay, they could turn this thing around. Not that they're not already crushing it, but if yeah. you focus on this, that that just blows my mind. Cause they have the quotes we all dream about. They're just like, if you did a quick scroll depth, I bet you you're only getting 50% of homepage viewers to see this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We didn't even, we didn't even dig into like their performance in the Forrester reports and, and stuff like that. Like their positioning there. Well, yeah, I saw those on the bottom, right? We have all the Forrester stuff at the bottom, and it's like, okay, that always works. Like, I've never had a client who didn't work well with that in the history. All right, Michael, I'm sorry to Clairvine. Your fearless leader's gone. He now works for Zora. <laughs> He's been there for three months. He's going into the first executive retreat, and you got three big rocks that you want to make the cornerstone for the following quarter. What are those? I mean, for me, it's the one that the clear one we've identified. Those four value adds that were halfway down the page, buried, anchor on those. It's the first piece of content or first visual that a visitor sees and build them out downstream. Identify them, match the quote, match a video, just get people to understand what it is, the value that's actually delivered and anchor their story, anchor Zora's story on that. Focus on that. I would just continue to look at, I mean, it seemed like they're getting a lot of traffic to some good long form content, but the conversion, and I don't know, but it seems like there's stickiness with conversions for them to go on to to next steps. Just that anchor, like that guide we looked at, like a lot of traffic, but maybe the, the visual isn't there. Um, other than that, maybe just a little bit more clarity or ownership around if they truly are the leader and founder of the subscription management. It doesn't, it wasn't totally clear up top in their value prop. I think they're playing with, they're kind of dancing around it and trying to be a little creative. And I would just, I need to lean in a little bit more about the subscription management category, but own that if, 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 if that's really true. I love it. I love it. I think my thing around subscription management is I think management's still not the word for them because it sounds like you're a commoditized product that's value is in management instead of it actually creates value. Like that's fair. So I think you you can't do premium pricing, which we never talked about, but I think you know, as CMO, one of the first things I would do is I would at least bring price transparency as a software company into the discussion. You're not a services business. I don't have to do it. Nobody expects me to do it. That's the nature of my business is you're like, okay, they're good. How much do you cost? Software. Even at, 
even at enterprise level, like you saw, they have almost, they're all enterprise customers, like displaying price to exclusively enterprise customers, still a good play. I don't think you should display price. I think you need a pricing page in the menu that maybe even documents your pricing philosophy, even if you don't have it. Like, I think you need that because the way I believe things are bought from personal experience and I spend more than many of my clients, like I run all of directive through paid advertising, which is very unique. So I try to only, like, I truly say we eat our caviar. Like I spend over a million dollars a year on paid as an agency. Yeah. And what I've learned is you don't sell into decision makers, you sell into champions. And right. champions can't waste decision makers' time when they got their criteria for the three vendors, the Charge B, the Zora, and the Stripes they're evaluating. They know what Stripe bills. I don't know if we didn't look at Charge B or another players in that space, but you you can't go back and burn that relationship with your internal direct report not getting a quote, and you don't want to waste your time if they don't fit your budget. Or at least if you don't understand how, is it a processing fee? Is it a SaaS plus processing? I'd argue it's SaaS plus processing, I'm sure. Yeah. How, I want you to at least document it. You don't have to give me your rates maybe and all this stuff. But there's this weird thing in software we should talk about just for a second where people are like, I don't want my competitors to know. Okay, When I'm working with enterprise players in the space, I'm talking the Zoom Infos, the Sumo Logics, the New Relics. They have full competitor business units. I don't think a lot of people know that. Like these companies have a full competitor yeah. team. So you aren't keeping none of that stuff secret. Like they're out there with fake profiles, fake identities. Like it is nasty. In the it's end. an illusion. It's an illusion that you think that you're hiding anything from a competitor. If yeah, they really it's, want it. yeah, it's a weird, different level and it's never talked about, but that's the truth. Like these large SaaS companies have whole competitive intelligence departments in-house and so I think you got to lean into your value props. So if I'm there, I'm going to bring some transparency to pricing. doesn't mean I'm going to do product-led growth necessarily, but I'm going to bring some transparency to pricing. I'm going to create a category. I'm going to really think through its positioning, and I'm going to connect it to my outcomes, not my inputs, right? Because we don't have any outcomes in that. And then I would probably just rethink content slightly to be value first instead of information first, right? Everything they're doing is say, give me this, I'll give you that. I would rather say, I'm going to give you this and then you can give us that if you want to, yeah. um, if we earned it. Because the truth is, and this is why I say that, if you call any SDR team in the world, and I started managing SDRs, I, I did that for like four years here, they do not want an asset download as a lead. There is no SDR in the world who can generate intent from an asset download, and they only want to call people who have intent. And so my argument there is like, if you can't monetize it at the SDR level, what's the point? Because I don't know anybody who like gets people into their Marketo or HubSpot instance and then drip campaigns them into demos. Like it's really not how usually growth occurs. Doesn't happen a lot. No. no, it's not. It's not a lever you can really pull. So I would argue they're not able to monetize the awesome investment they made into content if it's all pre-gated. Because then your brand value doesn't increase when ProfitWell, who has amazing, the content leader on subscription content, everything's like ungated. So yeah. I mean, these are good points. Yeah, but this was fun, Michael. If anyone yeah, wants thanks to so much follow, for having me, Garrett. Of course. If anyone wants to follow along with you and your journey, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, find me on LinkedIn down below. That's probably the best spot. But um, I look forward to connecting with everybody. And thanks so much again. This was awesome. This is amazing. Well, thanks, everyone. And that right there is another episode of SaaS Marketing Makeover. And thank you, Zora, for being our muse. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Zora.